This morning's reading is taken from Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff, that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all. My name is Dan, I'm part of the team here, and um, before we get going, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray now as we come to your word that you would please, by your spirit, guide us and lead us, help us to see Jesus, and help us leave here loving him more, we pray. Amen. Well, these summer Sundays, we are returning to the Psalms. I don't know if anyone was here last year. We did the Psalms through the summer. We're going to do that again. And I thought maybe the best way to start would just be to get the juices flowing a little bit again. So let's try this. The Lord is my... Easy one to start. Oh, taste and see that... Be still and know... This is good. Uh, Last one, a day in your courts is better than... Very good. Um, if, you, um, if you didn't recognise those, I promise, there's no test at the end, so don't worry. Um, the book of the Psalms. I read um, this week about a, a Christian minister who was speaking at a big youth event somewhere, and um, he asked the crowd to do what I've just done with you, which was to finish a sentence. Jesus said, I will build my... Dot, dot, dot. And apparently, a lot of the young people around said, life... I will build my life. You know the song. Um, Of course, Jesus actually said, I will build my church. And um, we could say all sorts of things about that little story. But one thing it tells us is that the songs we sing really get into us, into our hearts, into our minds, and shape us, shape how we think about ourselves and God and everything. And the Psalms are a songbook, a book of songs, the hymn book of the church. And we hope and pray this summer that these songs will shape us our hearts and minds. We're going to begin with Psalm 1, the front door to the book of the Psalms. If you've got a Bible, please keep it open in Psalm 1. If you've got a Bible on your phone, that would be great to have open. Psalm 1. Psalm 1 sets up a great divide that is going to be present through the whole book of the Psalms, a great divide between the righteous who are blessed by God and the wicked who will not stand on the day of judgment. Very clear contrast in this psalm between the righteous and the wicked. Now, as we heard Psalm 1 read to us, and as we perhaps just cast our eye over it now, it'd be very easy and tempting to read through that in quite a sort of blasé way. Think about all this. The righteous are blessed, of course, not sinning, delighting in the law of God, like a tree planted by streams of water. Oh, what a lovely picture. Whatever they do prospers. Yes, please. The wicked, well, obviously, they are sinning, mocking. They're like wind being 
uh, chaff being blown around by the wind and, and then something about destruction. Well, <laughs> I knew which I'm going to choose. Thank you very much. Sermon done. We can all go home. Um, but we do need to hold our horses. I hope that's okay. I'm going to speak for slightly longer. Someone in the Hebrew does not say, blessed are those. Someone doesn't say, blessed is the one. It is not blessed is this kind of a person rather than this kind of a person. It is, very explicitly, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. This psalm is not a recommendation to us of some good life choices and life hacks. It's a description of some truly unique behavior. So my first point this morning, the first thing I want us to think about is the man. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. How many people do none of those? No sin at all? Not even being influenced by sin? Not standing in the way of sinners? Certainly not me. Verse two, his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. Well, I have to confess, friends, Church of England minister though I am, that is also not me. Day and night in the scriptures, delighting in the law of God, It's not a description of me. That was actually part of the job description of the king of Israel, Deuteronomy 17, soaked in the word of God all the time, delighting in it. Verse three, he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. He is like the tree of life in the garden of Eden. That's the picture here. Bearing fruit, leaves always green, constant summertime. He is, this man, the picture of spiritual life and spiritual health. So full of the living water of the Holy Spirit that he is fruitful, becoming a source of life to others. Blessed is the man. 500 years ago, Martin Luther wrote this. The first psalm speaks literally concerning Christ. He is the only blessed one and the only man from whose fullness we have all received. Someone shows us God has poured out all his love, all his favor, all his blessing on this unique, perfect, sinless, living Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody else gets anywhere near this description Only him. Jesus is the man. Jesus is the man. And so what we're seeing in this psalm isn't a contrast between uh, a bunch of goodies over here and a bunch of baddies over here. It's between the righteous one and the rest of us. Jesus is the blessed one. But verse four, it is not so with us Verse four says, not so the wicked. That's where we come to point number two. There's a warning here. We've seen the man, here's the warning. Jesus is this strong, healthy tree that will never die. 
But we, this psalm says, are like chaff. Chaff is the, um, the husks from a, a, a head of corn, the bits that will be thrown away. They're, they're light and insubstantial. The wind can just take them away in a gust as the farmer's doing the harvest. We're like the, the chaff. We're like that sort of insubstantial, lifeless, light stuff because we do, unlike Jesus, stand in the way of sinners and sit in the seat of mockers. We don't delight ourselves day and night in God's holy law. But in fact, we tend to delight in getting our own way. We delight in our own comfort. We delight in our own self-fulfillment. That's where our attention is. And so verse five, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That is the great divide at the heart of the Psalms between the blessed and the rest. Now, Psalm 1 ends there, but I want us to have a look ahead to Psalm 2. This is important. Psalms 1 and 2 have been studied together for centuries. I think they only make sense when we take them together. Psalm 2 picks picks up where Psalm 1 left off with this contrast between Jesus, the one, and the whole of the rest of the world. Look at Psalm 2, verse 1, if you have a Bible in front of you. Psalm 2, verse 1. Why do the nations conspire, the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one, or Christ. They say, verse three, we don't need God, we don't need Jesus, we don't need their authority, we just want to get rid. That's classic human thinking, isn't it? You you perhaps know the old poem Invictus. I'm the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. That's our sort of natural way of ticking, isn't it? It's my life, I'm going to do it my way. It's my future, it's my rights, it's my freedom, it's my choice. Back off, God. But there is a warning here in these two psalms for those who think that way. There's a warning for us if that's how we want to think. Psalm 2 verse 4 says, when we think like that, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. It makes him laugh that we think like that. Really? You think you could stand before the throne of almighty God? That you could oppose him? You could sort of carve out your own independent way of living and your own way of doing life and that it would be better? No, even the most powerful and capable ones among us are just chaff before Almighty God. We're temporary. We're small. Um, Just think of some of them, the last few months, some of the celebrity stories we've seen in the news. Um, I'm not going to name any names Um, But you'll know the sorts of thing I mean. People who've had a huge platform, people who've had the opportunity to shape the knowledge and the views of thousands of people, the whole country. They've had the power to make or break the career of other people. But now they have just disappeared from our TV screens almost overnight. Affairs, dishonesty, cover-ups, and their sins find them out. Chaff in the wind. The Lord watches over the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. 
And against all of that, the Lord says in Psalm 2, verse 6, against all of our ideas about ourselves, the Lord says, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. God has appointed Jesus, his blessed man, as his anointed king. Jesus stands above it all, amidst all the fighting and chaos in the world, amidst all of us sometimes even fighting against each other, trying to get our own way above each other. Jesus is enthroned above it all. Jesus is the king over all things. He's declared as God's man. He says, verse seven to Jesus, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Poor. That is not the sappy Jesus of my school RE lessons. This is Jesus the judge, Jesus exalted, Jesus glorified, Jesus powerful. The only blessed man with the whole world at his feet. The whole world bound by his authority. The whole world hanging on his every word. And the warning comes in Psalm 2 verse 10. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in your way. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. We get a bit nervous with this kind of language, don't we? We're maybe not always used to hearing and speaking about God in this way. God as a judge, day of judgment, the idea of the wrath of God, the anger of God. But we cannot escape the reality here in Scripture a day is coming when Jesus will return to the earth. And on that day, Jesus will destroy all evil. He will destroy all sin. He will destroy all that has stood against him. Whatever hurts and harms the good creation that he has made and loves. Whatever threatens the people he loves. Whatever darkness is in this world that is his, he will dash all of that to pieces. There will be a day of justice and a day of reckoning for all that stands against Jesus' perfect goodness and love. There is a day. That's the warning. The man, the warning. And I want to finish by talking about the refuge. The refuge. This is the important bit. If you've snoozed, I want you to hear this part. If you feel nervous thinking about the day of judgment, if you feel nervous by a preacher talking about God's anger at sin, Psalms 1 and 2 have a beautiful reassurance. This is refuge now from the storm because it turns out that we who are chaff compared to the tree of life, we who are far from righteous, we who have tried to throw off the Lord and his Christ, we who deserve his holy judgment, he actually wants us to be with him. 
He wants us to be with him. Look at Psalm 2 verse 11 again if you've got a Bible. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you be destroyed in your way. For his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Where can we go from the wrath of God? Seems strange to say, but the answer is that we run to him. We don't go away from him. We go to him to serve, to rejoice, to kiss, to take refuge. Because, you know, God is not bad. God isn't bad. His anger is right and pure and good. And his heart is to bless us if we will only go to him. If we will go to him. Let me tell you a story that will illustrate this, I think. Um, I used to have a dog. She's no longer with us, sadly, but a great dog called Poppy. She was occasionally a little bit naughty, and I remember one day coming downstairs to find Poppy was on the sofa where she was very much not supposed to be. And so I gave her the kind of first strike, Poppy, get down. And it was, dogs sometimes have selective hearing. Those of you who have dogs will know that. They, she just ignored me completely. So second time, a bit louder, a little bit more anger in my voice. Poppy, get down. That time, there was a kind of a flick of the, of the eyebrows. You know, she heard, her ear twitched. She definitely heard, but she still ignored me. So I thought, I'm going to have to give her strike three. Poppy, get down. She leapt off the sofa, went flying to the back door, and just sort of disappeared there for a few minutes. And I thought, oh, maybe I was a little bit strong there. But it, she got off the sofa. Um, after a few minutes, she came back to me walking very slowly. She was shaking like a leaf. Her tail was tucked between her legs, her ears were back. And she came to me and just buried her, her face between my knees. And I thought, Psalm 2! <laughs> Poppy gets it! I mean, what was she going to do, that dog? Sit by the back door whimpering forever? She needed me. I was the one who fed her. I gave her water. I took her for a walk every day, pretty much, if my mum and dad are listening. I drove her to the vet. I pulled splinters out of her paws. I took the, you know, the burrs and twigs out from the tangles in her ears. I loved her. And with whatever sort of dog level of understanding she had, she knew it. Where could Poppy go from the wrath of Dan? <laughs> to me. She had to come to me, rejoicing with trembling that I would welcome her back, that she could hide her head in me. I would put my arms around her and that it was done. She got Psalm 2. This morning, friends, go to Jesus. Go to him, run to him, take refuge in him, kiss the sun. Because there is a day coming, a day of his judgment and perfect righteousness. And his desire for you is that you would not be just blown away like the chaff, but planted firm in the tree of life. That you would be there in his embrace. Please don't stay away from Jesus. I don't want you to hear this this morning. This is really important. This is not a kind of fire and brimstone sermon. I'm not just trying to help you escape the, the wrath of God on the judgment day. Christianity is not just about some sort of lucky escape from getting fried. This isn't eternal burn 
message. Notice how Psalms 1 and 2 fit together. We begin Psalm 1 with, blessed is the man. And the bookend at the end of Psalm 2 is, blessed are all who take refuge in him. Blessed is the man, and blessed are all who take refuge in him. Jesus is the blessed man, the only one who has righteousness and life and who delights in the Lord. But you and I are also blessed in him when we go to him and take refuge in him. That is the way the great divide in the Psalms is crossed. We can move, you and me, from chaff to tree. We can move from dying to living. We can move from squaring up to God in defiance of him to being embraced just as his son from wrath to a kiss. That's the promise of this psalm. Jesus was hung on another tree and he bore the judgment of God for our sin in our place. He was struck down on another great day of judgment so that you could stand, so that you could know the blessing of God in your life. He laid down his life for you on the cross, putting himself where you should be so that you could be where only he ought to be. Blessed is the man and blessed are all who take refuge in him. Jesus died to make Psalm 1 true of you, that you would be a man or woman blessed by God today, that you would have eternal life and fruitfulness, that you would stand on the day of judgment. And Jesus died to make Psalm 2 true of you, that you would be an anointed one, a son or daughter filled with the Holy Spirit and his power and his fruitfulness, that you would one day inherit the whole earth with Jesus and rule over it with him, that you would be blessed as you take refuge in the blessed one, Jesus Christ. These psalms don't sell us a way of life to earn the blessing of God. These psalms offer us God's blessing as a free gift in Jesus Christ. A free gift to those who don't deserve it, but to whom God's grace is offered. The man, the blessed and the rest. The warning, because that day is coming. And the refuge, come, be blessed in Jesus. Have you done that yet? Maybe today is the day. Let me invite you to stand. The band are going to come. Let's stand together. And just have a moment to be quiet before the Lord. Um, I read something online this week that I just saw and I thought I would share it with you. I wonder if this might resonate with some people here. Maybe not the exact specifics, um, but this. Someone wrote this on Reddit, looking for answers from the internet. He said this, I turned 37 yesterday. Recently, for the past year or so, I've been growing depressed about life and its direction. I'm feeling like it's over for me at 37. I'm married for eight years now. I have a two-year-old kid. 
My contemporaries have surpassed me in their careers. At work, I just cruise by. I've been with the same employer for all my life. Money-wise, we're okay, but not great. Health-wise, I'm a little overweight, and I've started seeing some parts of my body failing. The fire of my relationship is what kept me going in my previous years, but after the baby, it's not the same. Where do I go from here? Is it over for me? I think there's someone here this morning who feels pretty much like that. That life is like chaff. Like there's nothing to it. And if that's you, I want to invite you to come and pray in a moment with someone. Prayer ministry team, perhaps you could come forward now actually. If you are feeling life is like chaff and you want to be planted in the tree of life, come this morning and discover Jesus. Who is... He offers us substance, something permanent and lasting and good. We'd love to pray with you if that's you. It may simply be this morning that you're aware of being distant from God. That you, you're aware of things you've done that are, are wrong and shameful and at the moment they feel to you that they define you. This morning is your chance to come and hide in Jesus, to take refuge in the blessed one and know his blessing. That means for you, perhaps, knowing his forgiveness and cleansing and a fresh start. Maybe today is the day you need to make the move from the rest to the blessed. That's what he wants for you. We get to worship, and uh, as we do that, please do come um, and receive prayer. Maybe you want to pray with someone you're with. Let me now, though, just pray together, and then we're going to sing and worship the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus is your blessed Son, and we thank you that you have given him as a saviour for us. We pray this morning, however long we have known him, whether for years and years, or whether even we're just hearing his name for the first time today, we pray that we might come and find blessing in Jesus. May none of us leave here, we pray this morning, without knowing the smile of God in Jesus, the blessed man. Amen.